I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another edition of Cowboys Talk, the Dallas Cowboys discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. This is the Bear of Texas reporting live from an undisclosed location, and ladies and gentlemen, it is such an honor to bring back to the show Mr. Josh Kirby. What's going on, Josh? Alex, thanks for having me on. It's been a sort of crazy day for the NFC least, as you like to call it. But, um, you know, um, I I can't believe we have gotten so far to week 16 in the NFL. So first and foremost, hats off to the NFL for um, taking the proper measures and the proper protocols, setting the proper protocols in place to ensure that this NFL season has gone up to week 16. There is one more week left to go before the playoffs, but with this pandemic, I think they've handled it really well. I mean, obviously we've had to postpone some games, and um, this. I think I saw a stat, don't quote me on this, but I think this is the first time in league history that there was a game played on every single day of the week. But other than that, I, but hats off to the NFL, and I'm doing pretty good. Um, hope you and your family had a safe and happy holiday. And yeah, it's yeah, I can't believe we're almost through the end of this NFL season. You know, first of all, I want to say thank you so very much for the warm wishes. Uh, our fa- our Christmas did go well, and just so you know, I did send out a Christmas card. I I don't know if it arrived yet because I, they said because of COVID nineteen there would be some issues, but. I got your card, and I really appreciate that. I sent you one as well. Uh, yeah, man. Let me know if you've gotten it or not, but I hope it arrives soon. Yeah, I, I did not get it, but I will look out for it for sure. All right, yeah, because they, they said COVID-19 restrictions are going to make it difficult. So I'm like, just send it already. All right. But anyway, yes, next week the NFL regular season will conclude, and the state of the NFC least is certainly mysterious to say the least because – a month ago, my Dallas Cowboys were playing the worst football I've ever seen. And now all of a sudden, they win three straight games. They're still in second place in the NFC East. Oh, I should, oh, you know what? There we go. I just caught myself. I should say the NFC least. And their playoff hopes are still well alive. Because there is a tie between Dallas and Washington at a 6-9 and nine record. And as it stands, next week, Dallas has to beat New York. And Philadelphia has to beat your Washington football team to make the playoffs. But in your case, if Dallas wins, but if your Washington football team wins, it's over. Washington wins the, the NFC least. So, I mean, this is this is the concept of, of December football. It all comes down to this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, I mean, I just can't believe how this NFC least has turned out. I mean... So many roller coasters, uh, like pretty much a different team in first place every week. Every single team, if you look at the standings here, every single team has a losing record. Washington and Dallas tied at .400, the Giants at .333, and the Eagles at .300. So it's amazing to me that this division is the worst in the NFL, but still... By the end of week 17, somebody will be declared the NFC East Championship and will host a home playoff game. It, it's mind-boggling to me, but, you, you know, somebody has to win. And it just comes down to the – it's just going to have to come down to week 17, which the my favorite week in the NFL is week one and week 17. Week one, because you don't know what this team's bringing. Um, it, it's a fresh new year and you, you see what these teams have in week 17, everything falls into place. Teams are playing for division leads, division championships, a playoff spot. So you see a lot of excitement going on week 17. So those are my two favorite weeks of the entire NFL season, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's crazy just to see how the rest of the NFC matches up to the NFC East. Um, I, I, I don't want to go on a 
tangent and say anything about whether the NFC East, whoever comes out of that division, will make a run for it because anything can happen in the playoffs. We've seen it before. But it, it just comes down to the fact, do these teams have what it takes to be in the playoffs? Or will they just get, be one and done? Because obviously they're going to, whoever wins the NFC East will have a home playoff game, but will they have what it takes to actually win a playoff game? I highly doubt it because the way I see it, if, whether it's Dallas or it's Washington, if they have to play Green Bay or Seattle or the Rams or whatever, forget it. No way in hell. It's over. They were lucky to be in the playoffs. You got the NFC East title. You have the playoff appearance. I guess it ends at that. But yes, you are right. It all comes down to this. And this is what I love about December football. Now, most of my years, December football has ended in a heartbreaker because, uh, you know, I am a Cowboys fan. But those rare few years when Dallas, you know, comes up clutch and somehow gets it done, that's where the excitement goes. I mean, the excitement's building because Dallas has, is on a three-game winning streak, okay? This week, they eliminated the Philadelphia Eagles from playoff contention. Last week, they eliminated... Well, I should say they ended the playoff hopes of their old 1990s playoff adversaries, the San Francisco 49ers. And all of a sudden, this Cowboys team is alive. I mean... They are scoring points. They are the, the defense, even though it's still getting torched. This defense is actually forcing some freaking turnovers because from these stats in the last three weeks, the Cowboys defense has forced at least ten of them. Yeah, I I mean for real, Dallas looks like they have some sort of spark. Andy Dalton has looked better. Zeke Elliott rushing for over a hundred yards a game, and um. Uh, you look at Dallas's defense, they're playing a little bit better. Um, Philadelphia, they straight up looked like they were going to roll over and die, but that uh, Doug Peterson finally made the adjustment, the move to bring in Jalen Hurts, and that has helped the Eagles tremendously, even though they won't make it into the playoffs. I think Carson Wentz will be done. Uh, I'm going to go out on a stretch and say, Carson Wentz might not be an Eagle because he already announced he's not interested in being a backup. So, but the one thing as a, as a Washington fan, I'm not looking forward to facing Jalen Hurts because this has uh, Jalen Hurts has given the Eagles a um, a spark, and the Dallas Cowboys pretty much the same thing. This game was pretty much neck and neck in the first maybe quarter and a half, two quarters, then Dallas just ran away with it. Two costly interceptions for Jalen Hurts, obviously, does not help the Philadelphia Eagles, and um, their leading rusher was Jalen Hurts. So um, uh, the run game really wasn't there, but um, the Eagles put up a decent fight in the first quarter, but then Dallas just ran away with it but Dallas has been looking a lot better to be honest and um I I was very surprised and I I remember last time I was on this show Alex you were like oh Dallas won't win another game and then <laughs> here we here they are three straight yeah. buddy yeah I am eating my words but you know what I said if I have to eat my words if I'm proven wrong then so freaking be it I am throwing <laughs> up I have puked out a lung but you know what I don't give a damn. I'm happy. If I, if they're proving me wrong, I'm so happy. But we have to talk so much about this game, about these facts. Yes, you are absolutely right. It was 14-3. to 14-3 at the end of the first quarter, okay? There was that play on the very first play of the freaking drive. Jalen Hurts connected with Deshaun Jackson on an 81-yard touchdown pass. And Deshaun Jackson decided to have a little bit of fun. He not only somersaulted to make up for that embarrassing uh, day during his high school career... But he also decided to make up for a play that happened 12 years ago on Monday Night Football in a game between Dallas and Philadelphia. The play where he dropped the ball before crossing the one-yard line in the end zone. This time, he made out on both those scenarios. He scored a touchdown. But after that, the Eagles fell apart. Somehow, someway, Deshaun Jackson thought that he sparked it up for the Eagles. But it ultimately backfired. And much to my surprise, because I thought Jalen Hurts, I swear to you, on my grandfather's grave, I thought Jalen Hurts was going to tear the Cowboys' defense apart. At first, he did, but it went down. 
coming into this game, the first quarterback in NFL history, 500 passing yards, 150 yards on the game. This dude could be like Michael Vick. He's good with the legs, he's good with the arms, but somehow Dallas was able to contain the guy because he, he had less than 100 yards in this game, okay? Two interceptions, and that fumble, okay, and I'm going to talk about this fumble because I was so surprised that the referees ruled it a fumble because it did not look like it was fumble. It looked like his knees hit the ground. But then when we saw the double slow motion replay, I noticed when he got hit, he moved his arm a little bit down, and then the ball moved. That was the dead giveaway because at the same time, his hand kind of went open, and the ball moved. That was the dead giveaway, and then the ball ended up falling from his hand, I think, and it, and it moved before he hit the, his knees hit the ground. I think that's why the referee decided to rule it as a fumble because it was in that scenario, it could have gone either way because I really thought that he was down by contact. But the Cowboys got lucky, okay? But those two, that interception before, okay, that was really what sealed the deal. And there was a time where the Cowboys were just rolling on offense and then Andy Dalton throws that interception. Josh, I kid you not, I thought this was the end of the game for Dallas. I thought the Philadelphia had officially turned the tables over. They were going to go on a scoring spree. The Cowboys would have their hearts broken. But somehow, the Cowboys kept it together. They did not allow Philadelphia to take advantage. They, in fact, took advantage of the turnovers. They, they forced. Dallas won the game 37-17. Spectacular performance. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, that fumble could have been a turning point in the game. No doubt about it, but it Dallas, was. yeah, and Dallas did what they needed to do, and they cut the crap, and they showed up, and they continued to play hard in three straight. Whatever changed um, for Dallas, they should keep it up, and um, that clearly there was a change from the last time I was on this show, and it was crazy. And I, I, I just can't believe they hung in there after they could, that could have been a deflating fumble. The team could have just been, you know, all down. But I, I, I'm not going to say exactly what happened because I don't know. But I have a feeling somebody on that sideline just fired them up. And they continued to play well. And Philadelphia got blew out of the water um, the next two quarters uh, in the second half. Well, let me, okay, you know, I actually, I just, I just uh, watched the replay. Actually, his hand ever opened. He just, as he got hit, his hand moved and the, and the ball kind of went loose. So I think like, because you know how when you take him down, these players wrap their hand, like their arm in a certain way to keep the ball from going. That was the mistake he did. He didn't do it in time. So when he got hit, his arm moved and the ball kind of moved. That was the, the dead giveaway, but I, so now that I clarified it, because yeah, his hand never, because I mentioned his hand kind of opened, but I, I didn't see that. At least I thought I did, but then I double checked and I didn't. But I gotta ask you, do you believe that that was a fumble? Uh, I saw the replay probably twice, and I, I, I mean, I saw a body part on the ground, and uh, I mean, it was sort of like bang bang, if you know what I mean. But I saw a body part on the ground. But when I saw that, the ball was slowly starting to come out. So, I mean, I, I couldn't really say for sure. But I think the ball was coming out as he went down. But it could have been a it could have been a call that went either way, in my opinion, Alex. Well, that's exactly what I said. Well, and I looked at it clearly. The ball moved probably right a half a second before his knees hit the ground. The ball moved just right before the knees hit. So if that happens, that's a loose ball. Because the ball didn't actually pop out until he was on the ground. So I was like, yeah, in that scenario, yeah, he was already down. Because the play happened so fast. I mean, the, it's not like he got hit and the ball just, you know, flew out in the air and landed on the ground. And, and all these players, you know, one player jumps on and then there's an entire pile. But no, I mean, play just happened like that. And an Eagles, an Eagle offensive line tried to get it but couldn't. And then the Cowboy jumped on it and then... At first, you know, you see the referee do that, do those arm waves, and then, then he points the other direction. But unsurprisingly, you, you hear these certain words: "The previous play is under further review." But I noticed the review took longer than usual, and usually that's not a good thing, especially if, in the case of the Cowboys. But I told myself, well, the way it played, like like I just mentioned, the after seeing it on, on a double replay in super slow motion, 
The ball moved loose right before Jalen Hurts' knees hit the ground, so the referees had to go back and dissect it. And then I was so shocked to hear the, the play, uh, uh, upon further review, the ruling on the field stands, first down Dallas. I was like, well, that's game over. Yeah, so yeah, it, it, was a, it was a great game by the Cowboys, how they came back and shut the Philadelphia Eagles out in the second half. So what, whatever they're doing, there's one more week. If, if they want a shot to get into the playoffs, um, they're playing the Giants. So all they have to focus on is win. And if you're looking at Washington and Philly, Washington needs to pull all the strings if they want to get in and win the division. See, and we're going to talk about that in a bit. I'm actually going to allow you, because we got to talk about Washington, because Dallas's uh, life depends on it as, as far as this season goes. But here's a couple of facts that you're going to find interesting. A total of over 900 yards in this game, okay? This is the most, okay, 990 to be exact. That is the most combined yards between the two teams in the history of the rivalry between Dallas and Philadelphia. There has never, ever been a game with both offenses exploded like this. But that is, yeah. not, that is not all, Mr. Kirby, because I got plenty also here for you. Okay, here's some... This is actually concerning the NFC least. 11 different starting quarterbacks in, in the division, okay? And here's <laughs> something else. Look, check this out. The Eagles were outscored 34-3 to after the first quarter. I mean, the Cowboys destroyed them. It's it's like this, two, two a cow the Cowboys it's like two dudes in a fight. One guy gets two cheap shots and then gets his ass kicked. That's the scenario I see it in. Although the other guy pulls a little bit of resiliency, but he cannot overcome the odds. He gets beaten to a pulp. Wow, that uh, that that's crazy. I did see that one stat towards the end of the game about the most rushing yards in the rivalry, and I found that to be very surprising. It's, it's, it was a, it was total yards. Yeah, total, excuse me, total yards, I'm yeah. sorry. But it's okay, I mean, you know, well, ironically enough, both teams had exactly the same number of rushing yards. Both teams had 151 yards on, on the ground. But for the Cowboys, you know, to only, you know, to prevent Jalen Hurts from having 100... I mean, that's a hell of an achievement because I, I felt like this dude was going to have at least 150 and at least run in three times. Clearly, Jalen Hurts looks to be the better fit in Philadelphia than Carson Wentz. Is. And, and as I said before, I think Carson Wentz's time in Philly might be up. Oh, it's def- we it could, is definitely up. And I don't mean we could, Yeah, we could definitely see Carson Wentz on a different team next year. That's a different topic for a different time. But still, I I think Jalen Hurts has proven through the time he has had as a starter for the Eagles that he can take this Eagles team in the right direction. And I mean, we've seen during the two Eagles uh, the two Eagles playoff runs, the one Super Bowl run. Carson once was not there. He was always injured, and it was the backup. So just keep that in mind. Carson Wentz, what what stats does he have to show for his time in Philly? I mean, obviously he has played really well in the past, and I'm not going to discredit that, but I think he's just falling off and just not playing well. And I, I think Jalen Hurts has – one over the fans of Philly. It, that's just in my opinion. It's been a while since Philadelphia Eagle fans had had enough of Carson Wentz. And yes, Josh, you, sir, are absolutely right on a re- realistic standpoint. I don't think Carson Wentz is going to stay in Philadelphia because he made it crystal clear he is not interested in being a backup. The dude wants to play football. Okay. Now, obviously, the Eagles are not going to release him because of the because you know how much you know money it's going to cost him because. Look, Carson Wentz is a lucky son of a gun, okay? Because no matter what happens, dude, the Eagles have to pay him when he's guaranteed. When you give the quarterback those huge bank, you know, those huge payday contracts, there are no clauses where, like, if he's cut, that he has to surrender it. There is no way he's going to sign the insurance. He's going to make sure there's a goddamn insurance policy to ensure that he is good. He's good. He's he's well off financially if he's cut. So therefore, they're going to have to trade him. 
But at the same time, the other team is going to say, we are not going to pay Carson Wentz that money. So they're going to tell the Eagles, we'll take Carson, but you're going to pay you're going to pay 98% of the salary. We're not paying him. Because we know that Carson Wentz is, not, is undeserving of this kind of money. You made the mistake of dumping the money truck on him, and we're not going to pay for it. But realistically, yeah. but yeah, you're right. It's another conversation for another time. But realistically, if if he's gonna end up on another team, I think the best chance is the Colts are gonna get him. But like you said, that's another story for another time. But I think the Colts get him if if he's traded. Yeah, that that's an interesting point about the contracts too, because of his poor performance. Um, yeah, who knows what comes about with that? I mean, there's still that freaking debate. Who's better, Carson Wentz or Dak Prescott? Well, you know what the truth is? They both absolutely suck. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's much of a debate. It never <laughs> should have been. It never should have been, Josh. It never should have been. <laughs> I mean, I, I, well, I, actually, you know what? No, no, I take that back. If there's a debate about the two, who sucks more? There's the debate. But not a, not as far as who's being, who's a good quarterback. Or, uh, a good quarterback. <laughs> oh, my. I mean, you uh, know, and I'm going to be honest. I actually... <laughs> You don't even know this, but I got a death threat for actually saying Dak Prescott's overrated. And whoever sent it, you know what? I'll say it again. He is overrated. You want to? You, 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 if you want, you want to. You want to play it that like? Go ahead. I'm not scared, okay? Because it's not just about me saying I'm entitled to my opinion. I'm just telling you the truth, okay? Dak Prescott is not deserving of forty million dollars a year. Yes, I've said it again. If you have a problem, well, you know what? Do what you have to do because at the end of the day, you do not scare me. Wow. I mean, look, at the end of the day, the fact that that happened, it's because I just tell the truth. If you tell the truth and people are upset about it because you're, quote, insulting their favorite player, they're going to be mad about it because they just don't see reality, okay? But it's the same thing with Carson Wentz. I mean, Carson Wentz, you know, in 2017, he was fantastic until the torn ACL. He's not been the same since, but the Eagles made a huge mistake of dumping the money truck on him, and now the Eagles are stuck in this situation to where they don't know what to do with him. I mean, Jalen Hurts is obviously the guy that's going to take over, but they're stuck in such a freaking, you know, stressful situation with Carson Wentz. And I said, well, you guys made the mistake of paying him. So, you know, it, it's your fault. Yeah, absolutely. But as I'm wrapping up this game, I mean, I really have to admit, Andy Dalton really proved that he could. I mean, I, mean, I never thought of him as a guy who could never, no longer throw the ball. I mean, let's be honest. In Cincinnati, never had the protection, never had the weapons. Earlier this year, the offensive line was worthless. Nobody was there. He got hit. I mean, that dirty hit against Washington up, up in the nation's capital. You remember it. And, you know, and much to my amazement, Josh, you were actually brave enough and honest enough to admit that, that it was, in fact, a dirty play because the truth, of the, matter, it, the truth of the matter is it was. Okay, but the bottom line is Andy Dalton today, 22 completions out of 30 attempts, 377 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. That's his season high. He finally had the high-passing game, which I knew he would eventually and dude, Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper a combined 10 catches, 242 yards, okay? Two touchdowns by Gallup, you know, that's and that's his sixth career 100-yard game. But the guy, if we were to talk about an offensive line, I want to talk about the Cowboys' new number 88. The boomer sooner, C.D. Lamb, had one touchdown pass and he ran in for another. Just absolutely astonishment from the Dallas Cowboys wide receiver core. Yeah, uh, I mean, Andy Dalton had some really good throws, good targets. You saw C.D. Lamb um, get in for that touchdown. Uh, I I was flipping back and forth, but I did see a good chunk of those games, and I I, I thought it was... um, I I thought he did a good job throwing to his targets and uh, making some great passes. Absolutely, you know... And, you know, as far as the defense goes, I mean, you know, sacking the quarterback a couple of times. I mean, dude, Randy Gregory. I swear to you, dude, I have seen Randy Gregory in the last couple of years as a very underrated and, most importantly, a very misunderstood player. Look, and it it upsets me when people say, he, the quote, the man had demons. Like, you know what? People talk about it. It's like a dude who was a criminal. He's not a criminal. He's not a bad person. His The only issue is... He obviously has a problem, you know, and that's smoking weed. But that doesn't make him a bad person. The problem is he had a weed addiction, okay? And these drug tests, you know, caused him to be suspended indefinitely numerous times. And he had to fight to be reinstated. And this year he has proved that he, he 
okay, I'm going to put it in a nutshell. This year, he has proved he still has passion for the game. He still wants to play the game. And, and, and for the longest time, I would be verbally abused by all these other fans saying it's a good thing that the Cowboys are keeping him around because they know that he's not a bad person. That if he fi- when he finally realizes he's got he's to stop with the weed, and if, if he's out there playing good football, he's going to want to stay. So all I can say is the Cowboys need to resign the dude to a reasonable deal and pray that he does not fail another drug test. Yeah, Randy Gregory's story. I'm just glad he's um, back there. I know. Um, I mean, not to get sidetracked, but Josh Gordon and drug addiction. He was slated to come back this week, but another setback. And I, I, I'm to the point where I'm like, how many chances? is he going to get in this National Football League? So sort of the same situation for Randy Gregory, but I feel like he has cleaned it up. He, um, But, yeah, I mean, it's hard, man. And you, you got to find the help you need in order to overcome addiction and stuff, wh- whether it's hard drugs or marijuana, anything like that, you know? Just mm-hmm. a- a- any drugs, but uh, because it's a banned substance in the league and you're going to get suspended. Mm-hmm. So I pray that it doesn't happen again because the Cowboys need him. That's why I got verbally abused so bad by these fans. Like, the Cowboys need him. He's a good player. Like you saw today, he sacked the quarterback, you know, forced that fumble, although the Eagles were able to get the ball back. But he snuck out out of nowhere. He sacked Jalen Hurts and forced a fumble. He's wearing number 94, okay? He's doing the same things DeMarcus Ware and Charles Haley used to do when he wears that number, okay? He knows that the fact that he's wearing 94, he has to make it mean something. He's finally realizing, look, enough is enough. I got to play football. I got to give the Cowboys, I got to give it back to them. They've, they've been, they have not let me go. They've given me chance after chance after chance, even though I kept promising them I wouldn't, I wouldn't screw up, but I did it again. I think Randy Gregory has finally come to the terms as this. At this point, if, if you fuck up again, now it's over. And I really personally think he won't screw up again. I, I think that you know he's playing his great he's playing great football. I think he's gonna be okay. But as far as the defense goes, you know Lane Lane is the guy I'm I'm so worried about now because now I'm more than convinced than ever that he's Sean Lee 2.0 because the dude can't stay healthy. He's fragile. Yeah, I haven't seen much of Vander Esch lately, but um, uh, I have heard of his injuries and um. When I've seen him on the field, he looks good. But yeah, yeah, exactly right. I could agree with you on that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. But you know, all the years that Sean Lee, you know, was always hurt. Sean Lee is one of those players who certainly gave the Cowboys his best. So I gotta give it to them. I gotta give. I gotta hand it to him on that. But but now that I'm wrapping up the Cowboys and Eagles game, the Cowboys were certainly not the favorites to win this game. The Eagles were heavily favored. But you know what? The Cowboys decided decided to go with a certain play, uh, mental mindset. This is our house. The e- the Eagles want to ruin our playoff chances. Well, you know what? We're gonna ruin theirs, and that's exactly what Dallas did. Dallas proved nobody believes in us. Well, guess what? We're gonna make them eat their words, and now they are puking their guts out. And that is exactly what they did. But now that we're done this game, and you know what? Since we have to talk about the game between your Washington football team and Carolina. Because then after that, we're going to have to preview next Sunday's game. But first thing i got to say about as far as Washington and um, Carolina goes, I, I, th- I saw one of your tweets about Dwayne, ha- uh, Dwayne Haskins. He certainly is undeserving of being on the, on the roster, isn't he? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I, I'm not sure if you were up to date with DC Sports about what he did earlier this week. If not, I will club, give yeah. a... Yeah, I will give you a short preface. Uh, I heard it all unfold on 106.7 The Fan, the local D.C. sports radio station in the D.C. area. So I heard this all unfold while I was going into work in Northern Virginia and on my way home. Dwayne Haskins, after a 20-15 to loss in Seattle, he goes out partying, apparently to a strip club without a mask and uh, the pictures come out and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm all over Twitter looking at all the stuff being said about Dwayne Haskins. And um, obviously it's not right. He put the team in jeopardy. 
he put Coach Ron Rivera in jeopardy. He just recovered from a cancer treatment, for crying out loud. And, like, for him to do that and Alex Smith nursing a strained calf, and he wasn't able to get it this Sunday. So um, it's pretty much a lose-lose situation. Everybody, including me, said, all the experts said, you don't let Dwayne Haskins back. He's done. He's no longer part of the Washington football team. Lo and behold, they worked out a deal. Dwayne Haskins got fined $40,000, the highest COVID fine by a team this season. Insane. And he was let back on the practice field with a mask and ends up he's starting because Alex Smith can't go. And it has been proven so many times. I don't care what anybody says. It has been proven so many times. Dwayne Haskins has been given multiple opportunities. Multiple. And I say multiple because he has been given more than enough opportunities to prove himself in this National Football League as a starting quarterback, as a leader. He did not show that by partying at a strip club or wherever he was at without a mask. He got stripped of his captaincy and captaincy was given to Chase Young, which he well deserves that captaincy because he is a leader for that team. He is a playmaker. He forced a a fumble or two in that game. It was great. But for Dwayne Haskins to get his captaincy stripped, getting fined $40,000. I feel like it was a huge liability to the team. People said, yes, he apologized. The team accepted his apology. But still, it, what what is done is done. Dwayne did that stuff. And probably um, there was a lot of drama going on with the Washington football team leading up to this game against Carolina. Then... As I said before, Dwayne has been given multiple opportunities to try to prove himself as a starting quarterback in this league. And once again, he has failed. He has failed every single time, if I'm correct, as trying to be a starting quarterback in the National Football League. He was 14 for 28, 154 yards and two touchdowns. Haskins, I, I mean... Uh, what they're trying to tailor the system so it's easier for him. You have a darn wristband on your wrist, and you're still throwing terrible stats. It's like, what's going on here? And Dwayne, literally, it has been proven in this game that Dwayne Haskins is too young, too inexperienced to be a starting quarterback. He needs. To get a fresh start. If he is with Washington next season, there's something definitely wrong. Dwayne Haskins' time in Washington is finished. A hundred percent. It is finished. But if somehow, some way, management slips through and says, yeah, we'll give Dwayne a second chance, that is on them. Dwayne Haskins should be gone he does not deserve to be on this team who has given him given him one too many chances you screwed it you went out to a strip club and partied without a mask during a pandemic putting your team in danger putting your coach in danger what if you got covid for crying out loud so that you bring in taylor heineke You brought him in way too late. That's just in my opinion. He looked decent, 12 for 19, 137, and a touchdown. That was garbage time, though. So the question is, against Philadelphia Week 17, if Alex Smith is not healthy, do they start Dwayne Haskins? Or do they go with Taylor Heineke? It's obviously, in my opinion, Taylor Heineke. Everybody's pointing to Taylor Heineke because – Everybody knows in the D.C. sports media, anywhere, they know Dwayne Haskins is done. So if somehow Dwayne Haskins makes it back on the field for Week 17, somebody made a grave error. And 
plain and simple. Um, the focus was on Dwayne Haskins and his terrible mistake. It was the drama. And uh, then again, him starting the game. Uh, it's, it was a drama-filled week for the Washington football team to summarize. And it ended with a goose egg by the Washington football team. Because Washington, they could have wrapped up the division tonight as we are recording. Tonight. And they lay a goose egg. With one week to spare, they could have rested all their starters, made sure Alex Smith was healthy. They could have got blown out by 60 in Lincoln Financial. And it wouldn't have mattered because we still would have had the division. But no, that's not what happened. And Washington has to fight. And I'm sort of scared as a fan going into Lincoln Financial with Jalen Hurts as the starting quarterback for the Eagles. Because Jalen Hurts looks that good. You could have wrapped it up in week 16, but you didn't. So if Washington craps the division away, which I would not be surprised, they did it because of Dwayne Haskins' stupid, silly mistake that cost the team the victory. And it's all because of the drama that coincided with this throughout the week. I I mean... Plain and simple. That's my God-honest opinion. And they blow it. They could have won the division tonight. And they didn't. I applaud you for everything you have just said. Josh Kirby, I absolutely praise you because what you just said is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Good job. Take a bow, buddy. And yes, you are absolutely right. (laughs) <laughs> if I'm a fan of the New York Giants, a couple years ago, I would have been super fucking mad that we did not take Dwayne Haskins. But now I swear to you on my grandfather's grave, those Giants fans are now singing hallelujah. Okay, Dwayne Haskins. Yes, you are right. Given one too many chances, he obviously does not give a fuck. He proved that by partying in a strip club, as you said, without a mask. Okay, I mean, I'm going to be honest. Partying in a strip club with a mask is not fun, but you know what? Now is not really the time to go to a strip club anyway. But, look, Dwayne Haskins never put up the respectable stats, okay? And, you know, it's sad because at Ohio State, he was, he was. I mean, you know, obviously a, a dude's going to be a stud in college, and, you know, he goes to the big leagues, and, you know, he screws up. I mean, Johnny Manziel is a perfect example of that. But, yes, Dwayne Haskins should not be part of the Washington football team. Quite frankly, if Alex Smith was healthy... If I were Ron Rivera, if I were the, the Washington football team management, I would deactivate the dude for the, for the rest of the season. And quite frankly, I'd find a way to part ways with him. Because you are right. One too many chances. He obviously does not care. He wants to keep screwing up because he thinks he's all high and mighty. Move on from him. okay? And it's a shame, too, that I, an, another quarterback bust for the Washington football team. Start with Robert Griffin III. And now we get to Dwayne Haskins. It, it's, it's a damn shame. And, and I'm talking as a Cowboys fan because... As much as, okay, look, on a personal standpoint, yeah, obviously I don't like the Washington football team. But from a journalistic standpoint, I want the Cowboys and the Washington football team to be at the top of their game, have full strength, because that makes the rivalry mean something. It's worthless when either with Dallas blows out Washington or if Washington blows out Dallas. It's not fun. I want to see a good game. And well, quite frankly, we haven't been seeing that. But I, I, gotta, I, I really got to say, like, Dwayne Haskins has to, has to go. But the well, truth is, no. I don't think there's any team that's going to take him. Yeah, that that's true. But to go back to what you were saying, I would not compare RG three to Dwayne Haskins no, because RG, yeah, RG three, he had a great season. Washington went two and six. Then they ran the table and won the division. Uh, actually, a um, what was it? Was it? 2015. No, that was not with our. Yeah, 2012. I got confused because a year, five years ago today, Washington won. That's the last time Washington won the division. So in 20. Yeah, so 2012, they won the division, get knocked out, RG3. Obviously, it was injury mismanagement, but it was nothing as compared to what Dwayne Haskins did. Dwayne Haskins didn't get injured. He just. 
you know, just was reckless, selfish, and went out partying without a mask. RG3 did none of that. He tried his very best, and after his injury, his gameplay just changed, and he was never the same. So, I, I, I mean, I, I know you probably weren't comparing them, but, I mean, the two completely different athletes there. Absolutely. Poor RG3, though. He landed on IR yet again for the Ravens. You know, speaking of the Ravens, they got fined two hundred fifty thousand dollars for a, another COVID violation. So, mm -hmm. so I, I guess to make it clear, like you, you meant to say, like when when Dwayne got the worst uh, COVID uh, fine, that's just as a player. I mean, the Ravens got fined as a team. But yeah, like forty thousand dollars. I mean, people think oh, he makes them. He makes a lot of money. It's not that much. Like, okay, Dwayne Haskins is not the dude who makes like twenty million a year. If you make like, like. Three to six hundred grand is grand a year. I mean, forty thousand is actually still a, a lot of money. But the way I see it is, like, think of everything you could have done with that money, and all because you screwed up because you're a stupid idiot. You had to give it. You had to give it up. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, as far as Alex Smith goes, I mean, what are the chances that he's going to be clear to play for next week? Well, it uh, to me it just doesn't seem that serious. It's pro. In my opinion, I think it's just a tight calf that he's got to loosen up. I mean, yes, it was on the leg he broke. I would, I would love Washington to continue to be cautious because of what he went through. But, I mean, a tight calf, he probably is just losing mobility. That's just my opinion. I have no clue what he's feeling because I'm not Alex Smith, obviously. But still, I feel like he's just losing mobility and he can't play well. And you saw that with Arizona, uh, with the game against San Francisco in Arizona, where the defense had to carry Washington to a victory. And Alex Smith just did not look comfortable at all. And that was because of his calf. But... I mean, it just doesn't seem like anything that serious. I mean, he's he was walking around. It just limits his mobility during the game, and it could have been a risk factor. And if they would have put him out there, could have led to something extremely worse, which thank God they didn't. But still, you just go, um, just go out there and test his calf throughout the week and if he's good to go, play him. If not, I think it's going to be the Taylor Heineke show. But Washington, it will be a great victory of and in itself if Alex Smith can start Week 17. Based on what you say, I'm not sure if it's going to happen because if it's the injury, if it's an injury that's been bothering for weeks, and if it's on the same leg that he broke, Washington truly cannot afford to take that chance. Okay, I mean, even in Alex Smith's case, I don't think he personally can take that chance because the recovery from that injury, God, I mean, dude, he almost died for God's sake. I mean, people say, yeah. yeah, it's more than just him almost, you know, risking his leg to, due to amputation. No, the dude almost died. Like, complications of surgery because, you know, these infections, dude, those things kill you. I mean, he's lucky that, you know, and such infections could spread all over your body. I mean, but, but as far as I'm concerned, I think... Taylor Heineke is is, is going to play. I mean, if Ron, okay, if Dwayne Haskins is starting the court game, and then after the and at halftime, Washington's down like third twenty eight nothing. I'm like, dude, why did you even have the nerve to put that this freaking idiot in the in the in the, in the starting uh, lineup? Why are you putting him under center? He clearly doesn't deserve it, and you know it. Okay, what you feel bad for him? Well, screw it. Okay, you you were you, you were more than reasonable. More than reasonable for him, you know, for so long. He obviously doesn't give a damn, so screw it. You know what? He doesn't he does want to play, then fine, because that's what he's proving. He doesn't want to play, so put in Tyler Heineke and just hope for the best, but we're talking, you know, a trip to Lincoln Financial Field where Washington has a history of, you know, getting pummeled on by the Eagles, but now we're talking about a quarterback, you know, who's actually pretty good. And coming to this game against Dallas, I should have mentioned earlier, the Eagles were eleven and four with a with a quarterback other than Carson Wentz because Carson Wentz's career with Philadelphia right now, I believe, is thirty five and thirty three and one. He's got more wins than losses, but thirty five wins, thirty three losses. Well, that's not a very good track record. It's certainly not convincing. But I think it comes to the fact where Tyler Heineke starts. But now that we're at the point, you know, since uh, fishing, uh, talking about the game against Carolina, you know. 
it was too late. And it, you mentioned, like, see, you recapped the game in a nutshell, and, and that's good because those stats by Tyler Heineke were garbage time stats. I mean, they're respectable, but it was too late. You yeah. Know, one, one touchdown after Haskins had two interceptions with only 154 yards, but I think, you know, I mean, look, Washington's defense is still respectable, but I get the feeling that they're going to be quite overwhelmed against Philadelphia. I mean, uh, you know, J- Jalen Hurts, you know, could show off the legs and the arm again, and who knows, you know, Rager, Deshaun Jackson, uh, Jeff, uh, Alshon Jeffrey, uh, Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz. I mean, I mean, they're going against a good uh, Washington secondary, but if if Jalen Hurts, uh, excuse me, yeah, if Jalen is able to uh, run the ball and you know connect on the play, then the Washington football team defense uh, secondary is going to be drained by the end of the first quarter. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, no doubt. It's going to be a very, very Interesting game. The secondary needs to step up and play. Um, they, they need to step up and play big time. And Washington's D-line needs to have one of the best games of their season tonight. Uh, next week, excuse me. Yeah, the game today is wrapped up, up losing to the Carolina Panthers 20-13. Uh, to 13. I mean, they came back, but, you know, it's like it was said, you know, it, it was too little too late. Yeah, so... I have a random question for you, Alex. How'd you like the new Fox Sports camera for that Dallas game? I mean, I really I, okay. They had a new camera because that's something I've not been paying attention to. I mean, I just I just watched the game. I don't notice. Yeah. I don't notice really the equipment that they put. No, when they when they score a touchdown, that new camera angle, it's like eight K. Is it like? And they also they also show like uh, an animated drawing of the player as well. No, no, no. It's afterwards. They do the touchdown, and then the camera guy comes onto the field, and it looks like uh, like super crisp, crisp quality. They were talking about it all over social media. I wasn't sure if you saw it. I mean, if they did, then I, 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 I certainly wasn't paying attention because when I was watching the game, I, I put out a couple of tweets, but that's it. I mean, I was, I was kind of doing some sort of uh, social media commentary, but, you know, my first tweet, you know, after uh, – Washington scored on their opening. Uh, excuse me. After Philadelphia scored on, on the opening drive, I posted a tweet saying this defense absolutely sucks. Oh, I I see. I mean, yeah, they they got. I mean, you know, a couple. You know, committing a couple of fouls. I mean, committing fouls. You know, it's obviously been a bad habit for the Cowboys. But it was that play where Deshaun <laughs> Deshaun Jackson <clears throat> had the eighty-one yard touchdown catch, and you know, just literally played with the secondary. Turned around, somersaulted into the end zone. But I was like, you know what? After that, it all backfired. The Cowboys destroyed the Eagles. So so for the time being, I guess I can say Deshaun Jackson had his fun. You had your fun. Mm-hmm. Now sit down and shut up. Yeah. I, I, ju- I just shared this with you so you knew what I was talking about. But uh, Fox Sports added that cin- cinematic camera angle. And it looks amazing. And people are ran- raving about it all over Twitter. I mean, I'm sure I've seen it. And I'm sure it's impressive. But really, at the end of the day, I, I just didn't pay attention to it. But, but I've got <laughs> I- to ask you, what are your uh, thoughts on uh, on Philadelphia against Washington? It's going to be a dogfight if Washington needs to have the game of their life. And if they don't, the Eagles will win. Washington has to step up. No turnovers. They need to force some plays on the defense. And don't put it all on the offense to try to win the game. Okay. Plain and simple. Do you believe that Alex Smith will actually start the game? Alex Smith, you know, that's a really hard question. I think they're going to be handling it with the utmost care. I think it's a 50-50. That's my opinion. Okay. Well, the situation is that Dallas has to beat those hated New York Giants. Look, the Daniel Jones, you know, obviously is capable of certainly – Torching this Cowboys defense, but he certainly he certainly did uh, earlier th- this year, the same game where Dak Prescott suffered the gruesome ankle injury. But being it as it may, I I think Dallas beats New York. Uh, although it's a hard fought game, I think Dallas wins probably thirty five to 
I'm going to go 35 to 27, but at the end of the day, if they win, but Washington wins, then, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. I mean, Washington takes the NFC East and, and they go to the playoffs because there's only one, there's only one NFC East team going to the playoffs. Absolutely. It, it all comes down to this week 17. That's what it's all about. I mean, the, the irony of it is like, it's like not that it's like it'd be better if it was Dallas and Washington winner goes to the playoffs, but it's like you know it's it's it's, it's a certain it's a similar scenario. The winner the winner goes well, the winner of the New York and Dallas team goes provided Washington loses. But I think at this point I, I don't think I don't think New York really has much chance. I, I think Dallas gets it done, but despite the couple of sacks, I think Dallas forces some turnovers. They sack Daniel Jones and Andy Dalton has another good game. The running game, I mean. My friend has already made the prediction. He feels like the, the New York Giants are really not even going to try. I'm mean, like, well, you're dead wrong. Like, you really think the Giants are going to let the Cowboys pick up an easy, cheap win against them? No way. But this also brings the question, would the Eagles tank to the Washington football team just to prevent Dallas from going to the playoffs? My answer is no, because at the same time, they don't want Washington going to the playoffs either. But with Jalen Hurts, you know, being developed, I think they're going to go. I think they're going to play hard all the way. Yeah, they have nothing to lose, and I'm not sure why a team would tank just to see somebody else not make it to the playoffs, in my opinion. So it's going to be a hard game. They have nothing to lose. So that's what makes it even worse for the Washington football team because they could pull some strings that they might not be expecting. Who knows? Absolutely. So the way to wrap up the episode is there is a three-way tie for the NFC East. One team is gone. Who will take the prize? We will find out next week. I'd like to remind everybody that Cowboys Talk is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Josh, thank you so very much for coming back on the show. And I want to let you know, you will be back on soon. Alex, thanks so much for having me. Um... It's crazy. The NFC East, somebody will win with a losing record, but somebody will win. Thanks so much for having me on and continue to stay safe out there and keep on doing what you do best. Thank you very much, sir. Happy New Year to you and your family.